Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we about to party. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Blows it like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Hey everybody, it is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I am Aubrey Hedwards with my co-host. Will Washington. Hey, how you doing, Will? I'm doing great. How are you, Aubrey? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm especially doing fantastic because we have a wonderful guest here today. One half of Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher. Hey, buddy. Hi. What's going on, everyone? How are you doing? I'm very, very well. Very good. Very, very good. So you, you've had quite a run in AEW, the short amount of time you've been with us. Yeah. You came in last summer. There was a lot of stuff going on, leading into Forbidden Door, and now you're mm-hmm. here officially. You got the graphic, right? Like, it's you're officially it. all elite. Officially all elite. Officially. So last year, June, you made your Dynamite debut with Will Ospreay, attacked FDR uh, and Trent. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you first find out that you were going to show up and do a run-in of this capacity? <laughs> So I remember this like very vividly. It was like Forbidden Door season. All the New Japan guys were kind of like, oh, what's going on? Like no one really knows the deal, right? Because it's never happened before. We didn't know like how it was going to work. It was just literally coming for the pay-per-view or if people were going to be like coming in beforehand or whatever. And I think Osprey kind of knew that he was doing stuff. But then it was like Rocky was the one that messaged me and Davis out of the blue on like, I think it was the weekend before Dynamite, so like Saturday or Sunday, and was like, hey, do you want to do Dynamite this Wednesday? And me and Davis were both, I remember like, because we were staying in Osprey's house at the time, um, and our rooms were like next to each other. I remember like running out of my room into his and just looking at him, and we kind of had a little like fangirl screaming moment, and that was, yeah, that was how we found out. Oh, that's amazing. Well, and then uh, talking about being a part of history, last year, uh, we crowned the first ever AEW Trios World Champions, and we had a tournament to determine who was going to be the AEW Trios World Champions. Yes. You guys, as part of, uh, with Will Ospreay and Aussie Open and United Empire, basically caused what some fans would have viewed as an upset, defeating mm. pretty much a tentpole trio in AEW and Death Triangle. Yeah. Talking about uh, that period in AEW and, and getting such a big victory in front of a huge audience like that, what was that like? It definitely felt like a turning point for us. I think um, like that first Forbidden Door run, it was like 
our first kind of time in AEW, it was very much like a introducing ourselves to the crowd type thing. But then to come in and the trios tournament and get a victory over Death Triangle, you know, guys that have been there since day one in the Lucha Bros and then Pack as well. I think everyone kind of obviously was shocked. And then being there, it was like, I don't know, it was a bit surreal to be like, given that spot, if that makes sense, to be the ones to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to beat these guys. And then you're going to go on and face the elite in the next round. And it was like, yeah, very much in my head felt like, a oh, okay, stuff's kind of ramping up now. This is kind of a big deal. Did you feel at that point like you had earned that establishment with the audience yet? You had just done Forbidden Door. You know, you guys had had those appearances on Rampage, things along those lines. Had you felt going into that trios tournament like you were ready for that spot? I think going into it, it was still felt like we were earning our spot, earning our keep. I think especially, I think Osprey a little bit less so because he's been around a lot longer and he's had the five-star matches. And even though he hadn't done too much nationwide in the States on television or anything, people knew who he was as opposed to me and Davis. That Forbidden Door run was our first exposure. And even in the States, like we hadn't really done too much before that. So going into the Trios tournament, I definitely felt like, okay, this is a big spot. We had two Dynamite main events, and that was very much like sink or swim to us, I think. And I think we we went out there and we we killed it. Like we always knew we could, like we know we can every time. And I think that was kind of when we started to feel like, yeah, no, we, we got this. We deserve to be here. I think it's one of those things that like, I want to step back a little bit and kind of talk specifically about what you said, like two dynamite main events, like for people who don't work in wrestling and for people who don't do live TV, they maybe don't understand how stressful the main event of dynamite is because we have to be off the air by nine 59, 59 and otherwise bad things happen. And it's like to be trusted with that when you aren't necessarily like, well-established or you're not even part of our roster officially it's like cool great you're gonna do this thing so not only is it like here you go you're being introduced to a national audience that you have no idea with but then like also here times are super freaking critical it's absolutely crazy congrats man that's wild yeah no (laughs) tv wrestling is still it's such a different feel such a different like vibe and then obviously the stress of it all it's still something that I find myself adjusting to as opposed to wrestling somewhere like New Japan where it's much more like, do your stuff, have fun. <laughs> it's an adjustment. Um, but no, I think I think we hung in those trios matches and I think we're getting the hang of it. I don't know. We're getting there, I think. You're getting there. It takes a little bit of practice. Talking about those trios matches, you know, one of the biggest rivalries in all of pro wrestling over the last couple of years has been between Kenny Omega and... It will Osprey. We just saw them have a, a killer match at Forbidden Door. They had a match earlier this year. But a lot of it started via the, the trash talk uh, and interviews on social media, things between those two. How did it feel for you to suddenly find yourself inserted into that in a sense? Because, you know, we talked about the first round defeating Death Triangle. You guys go on to the next round to face the Elite. Mm-hmm. And part of the excitement over that match for everybody was that this was the time for fans to finally get to see Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay get to lock up. But it wasn't just Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay in that match. It was United Empire and the Elite. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, that meant that you and Mark Davis also got to be a part of this. What was it like being a part of that rivalry that people have been dying to see at that point and then getting to put on that match, that that crazy oh killer match between United Empire and the Elite? 
I think for us, it very much felt like we're, we're brothers with Osprey. We'll do anything for him and he would do the same for us. I think we wanted to get, as soon as we saw the brackets announced, it was like, oh, okay, we want to get Osprey to face Kenny. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he wants. That's what he needs. Like, he wants to punch that man in the face so bad. <laughs> so that was like one of the, apart from obviously wanting to win the trio's belt to become the inaugural champions, that was one of the big motivators for us. We were like, okay, let's get that. Let's get that match. And then they started in that trio's match. Like, they were the ones in the ring because we were like, okay, let's just let these boys go. And watching that, watching that face up and watching people like, be so hyped about that moment. No, that you could just feel the energy. It was very cool to be a part of. It's one of my favorite moments in wrestling when you just have two dudes standing in the ring and like nobody's touching, but the crowd's losing their shit. Yeah. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh man, so, so good. And that, that was in Chicago, right? Uh, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. that one was. Yeah. It was all yeah. out week last year. Yeah, it, it was it was the Wednesday before All Out. And yeah, it just yeah. remembering the fact that that crowd was going insane. But then I think that in a sense that gave a lot of those fans, a good exposure to you, for example, that I think that a lot of people had already kind of seen what you guys could do as a team. But I think, you know, one of the the smart things you guys did was, you know, we started with the confrontation of Kenny and Osprey and then took it away from him, right? Like, okay, yeah, you're getting it for a second, but then here comes Mark Davison and then here comes Kyle Fletcher. But in that sense, all of a sudden, I remember people going, oh, wait a minute. It's Kyle Fletcher. He's really good. Like seeing Kyle Fletcher tear it up with Kenny Omega. Okay, this is this wasn't something I I thought I wanted to see, but now I want to see more of it. Of and then you guys with the Bucks, like everything yeah. about that match, and of course it was part of Kenny's comeback as well. Everything about it was just really firing on all cylinders. And so I, I hats off. Uh, I'm not going to actually take my hat off, but uh, <laughs> hats off. I just thought that was such an amazing moment for you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. No, I agree. Um. It, like I said, it felt like we were coming in with something to prove. And I think if people hadn't seen us before, if that was their second time or whatever, they didn't really know. We, we really wanted to come out and make a statement. And I think, I think we got the chance to do that. And I think we delivered. I hope we delivered anyway. I can't, <laughs> I can't speak for everybody else. I think it eventually worked out. I think if you yeah. end up like seeing kind of how things played out, it's like, ah, oh, this worked out. Good job. Yeah. There you go. Pat yourself on the back. Too bad, I don't think. <laughs> so, so we've talked about Will Ospreay a little bit, and you guys are all members of the United Empire. When and how did you first meet Osprey, and how did he sort of recruit you to his group? I would have first met Osprey back in 2017 um, when I moved to the UK. We just kind of had like chemistry. I don't know. Like it was, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, every, like we'd see each other and we'd just jump all over each other, pick each other up for tombstones and like just do dumb stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we only really saw each other at shows. It's not like we hung out, but every time we'd see each other, just it, there was just that cool like back and forth chemistry. So I feel like that was always there. And then we got the chance to wrestle him and his partner, Paul Robinson, a few times. And then I got to do a singles match with him. And I think through that, it's kind of like you just kind of earn a bit of respect for each other, if that makes sense. So I think after all those matches, we were kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, no, we have some good chemistry in the ring, outside of the ring, whatever. And it wasn't until uh, COVID hit, I think. COVID hit and Will started the United Empire in Japan with the Great Okan. And then he was trying to put together members. And I think me and Davis at the time were stuck in Australia. We couldn't leave Australia because their border restrictions were insane and that was when it kind of, the idea kind of started bubbling it was like oh okay i think we might be able to do something but then the japanese visa thing was like because they were obviously as strict as 
Australia was they weren't issuing new visas, so we couldn't get to Japan. And I was like, okay, what are we doing? It was brainstorming, brainstorming. And then um, he legitimately, he's one of the best people I've ever met. He offered his house in the UK for us to stay because we could get to the UK, but we couldn't get to Japan. So he was like, just come and stay at my house for as long as you need. We'll do the introduction to the United Empire when you're here in the UK for RevPro. So we did that. And then it was from there, we got our US visa so we could start doing the New Japan Strong stuff. Eventually, when Japan opened their visa system up, oh, God, it wasn't until mid-2022, I think. Wow. Yeah. So, it ended up being, we were waiting forever for that just because the Japanese government were being super strict on it. So, yeah, we did the introduction in the UK. Then we ended up going over to New Japan Strong, doing stuff there, and then until we could get to Japan. It's one of those things you forget how big of a deal COVID was to like slow down wrestling and added all of these weird hoops and stuff. Like we were just talking before we were on the show, like we've been on the road for two years since Jacksonville, which just seems like what? Mm. Like time is a flat circle and doesn't make any sense anymore. Uh It's stupid. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're able to travel and I'm glad that you get to explore the world and everyone gets to see all of your magic and whatnot. We're talking to Kyle Fletcher here on AEW Unrestricted coming up. More discussion, more wonderfulness. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. AEW Unrestricted. I'm Will Washington with Aubrey Edwards. We're talking with Kyle Fletcher. Kyle, we were talking about the pandemic just a second ago, and it just dawned on me. You're 24 years old. (laughs) Holy shit. So thinking about (laughs) the fact that Three years ago in a pandemic, that was very still early in not just your career, in your life, right? Yeah. And just thinking about the maturity that you were, that, that you know, when I was 21, I think about the difference between myself from 21 to 24 and, and how much I was able to mature in just those few years. I became a parent in those years, right? But for you, you know, we talked about the United Empire and, uh, and being brought into it by Will Ospreay. How was that for your maturity in, in that point in your career? How, how did you feel that helped you mature as a performer? New Japan was a big deal for me. I, I was a big fan. Uh, I think when I was 12 or 13, I was watching uh, Prince Devitt in New Japan. I was watching mm-hmm. Jushin Liger and those guys, Okada. And that was, that was a big goal for me, I think. And I think prior to the COVID, it was something that was on the horizon Davis ended up getting injured, so that didn't happen. And then it all got pushed back because of COVID. And I think when it finally was like, we got introduced to the United Empire and then 
being able to go and do the stuff after that, it felt like one of my big goals was kind of ticked off. I don't know. And I don't know if you say if it helped my maturity. I would like to think so. I'd like to think I felt like I was trusted with a pretty big opportunity, being brought into like a faction, being trusted by Osprey. Um, yeah, no, it felt like a pretty big deal in my head. So I'd like to think I had to rise to a certain level of maturity. But yeah, I, I, th- I think I did okay with that. I think my whole career, it's kind of been, I'm the young one in a room full of 30-year-olds, room full of like much more mature people. So I think it's my whole career I've had to do that. I wasn't new to that feeling. I don't know. You bounce off the people around you and you kind of, yeah, I, I think I did okay with that. I really appreciate this segment for making me feel like super old. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Jeez. I like that that we're the old ones that are bestowing the maturity upon the young generation. That we are. I feel real good about that. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Please share your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned a couple like huge names. I mean, Devitt and Liger, like mm. these are these are big people that, you know, following in Japan and whatnot. Yeah. But then eventually have all the success in New Japan with Osprey, New Japan Strong, all this. So you become free agents. You have a few opportunities. What made you choose sort of AEW? So the beginning of this year was very much like a, okay, let's assess where we are with everything. Let's look at what's happening and let's weigh up options, right? So we were pretty happily in Japan, but not to say too much, but like we wanted a contract, right? We wanted we wanted that stability. We've been independent wrestlers for, I've been wrestling for 10 years. Davis has been wrestling for longer than that. We've been independent wrestlers for that whole time. So I think we never really had the stability and that's something we really wanted. And we told New Japan this and it was very much like a yes, but not now type thing. So it was like a, okay, right, whatever. So we were doing the New Japan stuff. And and like I said, that was a big goal of mine to get there. And I love the style of wrestling there. I love the culture. I love inversing myself in the culture and exploring the country. But it got to a point where it was like, if they're not going to give us that stability that we want, we've asked for, then let's see what else is going on, right? And we worked for Tony quite a lot. We worked at AEW and we really enjoyed the environment there, the backstage environment. We really enjoyed the people there. There's a lot of people on the roster that I would love to wrestle and that was a big thing. And then also the fact that there is still a New Japan relationship was also a big deal. The fact that AEW guys have been able to do New Japan stuff and because we already have that connection, it was very much like a when we were in discussions how do you feel about us still doing New Japan stuff? And then we spoke to both sides and they were both like, yeah, of course, that's not an issue. Like that is still something you can do. And that was a big part of the decision. But then also, yeah, no, we we love the environment at AEW and there's a lot of exciting matchups there and the nationwide TV exposure is a big deal as well. So, yeah, they all kind of like a lot of different thinking, thought process went into it. But, um, yeah, no, very happy with the decision. Well, and of course, the you had a match with Orange Cassidy mm. for the international championship, and that ended up leading to the announcement of you being all elite. I remember bugging you all day, like, "Hey, is, is today the day? Is this, <laughs> today's the day of the graphics coming?" Like, uh, you know, I think we could kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and say that, like, it, it really came together at that point on that day. Hundred uh, percent. When the announcement was made, it wasn't just. Kyle Fletcher is all elite. It was Aussie Open is all elite. Yeah. Even though he's out injured at the moment, 
you guys are a package deal. It was you and Mark Davis. Uh, I wanted to talk about you and Mark Davis in Australia. How did you guys get connected? Because he debuted in 2007? Yes, he's... A little bit older than me. He debuted 2007. I wasn't around on the scene until I started training 2013, debuted 2014. So, we met when I was training. I started at one of the schools of a promotion that he wrestled at quite a lot. So, he he was from Queensland. The promotion was in Sydney. So, he would come down and do the shows quite often. So, I'd met him quite a few times. Um, But then he got injured and I didn't see him for a few years. But then... We both coincidentally moved to the UK at the same time in, I want to say, 2017. So, we both just like independently made the decision we were going to move to the UK because the UK indie scene was really hot at that time. In Australia, like there is wrestling there, but it's really not like a thriving scene, if that makes sense. So, we saw there was a lot of buzz about the UK scene and we went, we want to make wrestling our full-time career like this is something that we really want to pursue so we up and left our lives and moved to the uk and yeah both super very independently made the decision and then when we were there it was just kind of like a lot of promoters went oh two australians let's just do that see <laughs> yeah. what happens and then i think just because we'd had so many of the same i don't want to say same trainers but like my original trainers Robbie Eagles and then Davis had actually tagged with Robbie Eagles quite a lot in Australia. I love Robbie. Love Robbie. Love him to death. But yeah, I think because of a a bunch of like similar connections, we just instantly had chemistry. Like our thoughts about the wrestling industry, our thoughts about wrestling in general, the wrestling we want to create is very on the same wavelength. So I think as soon as we were like thrown into that position we went oh, okay let's just run with this and then we found that like it was one of those things that just people really enjoyed watching our matches so we went oh okay and then we just started getting everywhere as a tag team and we went, oh okay this is kind of a thing that maybe we should think about doing properly and then we're like okay and then we just went all in with that and i guess we're here now so hey guess it worked out huh yeah didn't, didn't get too bad <laughs> i don't think it's kind of funny how that all works out where it's just like the timing of things and then oh i guess this is cool oh i guess we're best friends now this is perfect that's wrestling in general i think like so much of it is just happenstance and timing and that was one of the things that just all fell into place very organically so can't complain i'm i'm curious because you guys used to be called aussie assault oh god and then you changed to aussie okay okay what's the story there it was literally (laughs) just like we got thrust together in a tag team. We didn't have a name at all. And there was like one show where before I was like, you need a name. You need something. I'm going to call you something. And we were like, uh, okay. And then I literally don't think we knew what we were getting announced as until we were getting announced as it. Oh, And it was God. literally that one show. They said it. And I'm pretty sure like that next weekend or whatever, we were like, yeah, we need a better name than that. Come on. <laughs> let's, let's start brainstorming. I don't want to be called the Aussie Assault anymore. Come on. One and done. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that story. I'm glad you brought it up. (laughs) Uh, So you guys uh, made your ROH debut in the UK, uh, lost to Dalton Castle and the boys. How did that come together? God, that was 2018, I believe. So Ring of Honor had done a couple of UK tours prior to that, and it was kind of like a yearly thing at that point, I think. The ref pro promoter, Andy Quilden, he was actually, like, doing a lot of the helping of, like, the UK-based portion of the tour, like, finding venues, that sort of gist. So, he was, like, involved. 
yeah, I think in a couple of years prior, it was like he'd gotten a couple of his Rev Pro boys a spot. So that was, we were working for Andy at the time and he said, hey, there's might be a spot for a tag team on this weekend's show. Do you want to do it? And we were like, ah, yeah, obviously. That was how that all came about. It was that that felt like a pretty cool thing at the time for sure. Yeah. H- had you seen Dalton Castle and the boys prior to that, and did you know what you were getting into? Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Oh, yeah. love it. A lot of fun. So I think the first time I met you guys was that Bola show back in September of 2019. Yeah. Where Mark unfortunately injured himself before the match. And there was a slow walk to Whole Foods where I'm helping him carry his food back to friggin' Globe Theater. Uh-huh. Really interesting day. <laughs> uh-huh. That was like, obviously, right before the pandemic. And then you guys end up going back home. Like, how how hard is it to deal with? Because you guys are clearly established at this point as a tag team. Mm. How hard is it to deal with it when, like, the person that you are so closely tied to is now suddenly injured? What is that like? God, that whole period of time was really difficult. Davis gets injured at Bowler. That was September. We were uh, supposed to go to Japan for World Tag League November. And that was obviously a big thing for us, right? Like uh, like I said, that was a huge dream of mine to go and wrestle in Japan. So that was like immediately shot in the gut. It was like, oh, God, okay. But it was very much like, don't worry. As soon as Davis is ready, you'll be over. And then like literally a few months later COVID happens and it's like yeah okay <laughs> this won't last that long I'm sure and then it's like years later still waiting on borders to open up and it's like yeah so it was very difficult to say the least I think the adjustment of going from tag team everywhere to trying to get singles bookings it's kind of like a it's like a re- felt like I had to prove myself all over again, if that makes sense. It was like, you've kind of earned your spot as a tag team. Everyone wants to see the tag team. Oh, no, your partner's injured. Uh, I guess we can book you in a singles match. Like, <laughs> So, I felt like, again, it was like I had another chip on my shoulder. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, let's go. And then I would go out and just try and kill it in singles matches. And then just as it started to feel like I had momentum with that again, it was like COVID happens. So, it's yeah, it was it was a very weird time. But, I don't know, character development is what I like to say. <laughs> and now, of course, we're well out of COVID. Thank God. <laughs> and and Mark uh, on his way back from the most recent injury. So, uh, talking about you guys reestablishing yourselves as a tag team, you guys haven't really gotten to, to do much in front of the AEW audience as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys see yourselves starting out as far as getting in with the AW audience, is it just kind of, you know what, straight to FTR? Or do you are there uh, tag teams in mind that you guys want to tie it up with as Mark Davis makes his return? There are definitely a lot of tag teams on the list. It's something that me and Davis probably have to discuss a bit more in depth what the actual game plan is because I don't think we're quite there yet. But, God, how much do I want to say? <laughs> just call them out. It's unrestricted. Oh, God. Is that is that what we're doing on the unrestricted podcast? Okay. Sure. Well, I'm just going to shoot my shot. Fucking. Oh, God. I didn't mean to swear. My bad. Let's bleep that. Whatever. It's unrestricted. <laughs> yeah. So, I think FTR is a team that we had a lot of history with. We wrestled them in the UK last year, and that was crazy. That went off. We got five stars. Thanks, Big Melt. <laughs> but, yeah, I think a lot of people love that match. A lot of people want to see us get back in the ring with them and currently they're holding a pretty little belt. So I think that's obviously the 
biggest goal for us. Whether or not that happens straight away, we'll see. We'll find out when Davis is back and healthy, which will be very soon. Wink. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, apart from that, like you said, we're reintroducing ourselves to the audience, so I think we want to step in there with all the top tags at the moment, the acclaimed, uh, Lucha Bros, obviously. It'll literally just come down to what's going on at the time. So I think you'll probably just have to wait and see exactly what, what goes down. Sorry, everyone. Don't apologize. This is part of the excitement of wrestling, right? You get to Hell see yeah. like the growth of these new people that you knew nothing about and you see these awesome matchups like, oh, I don't know these guys. And then afterwards, like you said, Big Melts gives you a five-star rating on a match that you have with two guys. It's like, okay, cool. I want to see them throw down on TV now. Let's do this. I love it. 100%. We've got Kyle Fletcher on AEW Unrestricted, the product of karma, lots of setbacks and whatnot, but now all these opportunities coming his way. We've got a little bit more to talk about, including lots of fan questions. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh my God, this is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Will here talking to the important and wonderful Kyle Fletcher. Super wonderful. I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) None of this is going to make sense when we come in from break because there's all these little references that happen like outside of break. I like it. It's better that way. Let's leave the the audience guessing. (laughs) It's little little Easter eggs. It's like, what the hell are they talking about? They're talking about tea and importance and like, what is going on? There's like all this drama now and now it's fine. There's so much drama, guys. Oh my God. So much drama. I can't wait till Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're just going to be side-eyeing each other like oh, that guy. So before we get to fan questions, a uh, couple couple smaller questions I wanted to touch on. Because like you you talk about moving around so much like to the UK. The I know you're now based in the US and being in Australia. Like, What's the thing you miss most about Australia besides family and friends, obviously? Mm, the beach, definitely. Oh. I grew up like, I want to say like a five-minute walk from the beach. And that was like my whole life. I grew up on the beach. Yeah, that's that's probably number one. What was the biggest cultural shock the first time you went to Japan? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I would say how like in public it's very – I think it's like frowned upon to be loud in public. And <laughs> if anyone's been around me at all, like I'm a very just like – I just, I'm just loud, guys. That's just me. It's part of my, my personality. So, there was like one distinct time I was like on the train. And I remember like I wanted to like show Osprey or someone a video and I like, it was, I just didn't realize my phone was like super loud. And then Jeff was like, turn it off. And I was like, I'm sorry, Jeff. I like dad Jeff Cobb there, just telling you, like, getting you in line. That makes so much sense. Papa Jeffrey. (laughs) Papa Jeffrey. (laughs) Is that his role in United Empire? A hundred percent. Oh, my God. I love it. Like, knowing Jeff as long as I have, like, that makes all the sense in the world, and I love it. Yeah. All right. Of all the places you've traveled, do you have any particular food or, like, places that you visit that you're like, man, this is the best, and I miss this thing? Or are you now just like, I'm in the States, and I can eat whatever I want, and this thing's great? (laughs) <laughs> so the thing about the states is like 
I, I don't want to trash America. Sorry. <laughs> Kyle Fletcher heel turn here on AEW Unrestricted. My body, I could tell, was like, I think like the first month or so of like being based here and like American food was all that I was eating. My body was like, I need vegetables and nutrients, please. <laughs> I feel terrible right now. Oh my God. And I was like, legit, I felt my body going like, Ugh. so I think at the moment I'm a bit... I don't think there's too much American food that I'm like, uh, I don't know. I still have, there's still PTSD, but my favorite is probably here, like Chick-fil-A. I love a good Chick-fil-A. I mean, Chipotle just cause it's like a little bit healthier. I can get some rice and lettuce and that's nice. You can get some vegetables in your Chipotle. There you yeah, go. Get exactly. those veggies. Japan. I miss Yakiniku so much. Oh my God. Uh, the little like, korean barbecue like the little grills you all sit around a table you get brought the meat and then you're all in charge of the cooking oh it's so fun it's like an activity and a meal at the same time it's so good oh. but yeah that was my favorite like after shows and stuff it'd be like oh what do you always want to do it's like yakiniku and then you just go and oh it's just yeah great vibes all around and then yeah where else do i live oh god <laughs> the uk <laughs> yeah what i miss from the uk Haggard and Norbit, but that's not food. That's all I miss. Have you guys seen Osprey's dogs? No. Osprey has two little pugs, Haggard and Norbit, because we lived at his house for a year. I, me and Davis have both fell in love with those dogs. So whenever I, whenever someone's like, "What do you miss from the UK?" It's ten out of ten, Haggard and Norbit. Oh. Australia, obviously, I miss my family. Um, I have a golden retriever pup, Bodie, back home. I miss dearly. I get photo updates every day. She's adorable. We we're talking about food. What am I talking about? Um, I don't eat dogs, I swear. <laughs> I don't know. Your world traveled. Maybe that's something that you're just like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to eat dogs now. Let's not do that, Aubrey. Come on now. <laughs> don't do that to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> food no. that I a lot of people will say, oh, that's what I miss. Halal. Have you ever heard of a halal snack pack? No. HSP for short. No. It's a very Australian thing. Do you, have, do you know what like, kebabs are when I say kebab? Not like yeah. shish kebab, yeah. skewer kebabs, like wraps and like different meats and stuff inside. It's kind of like a wrap gotcha. essentially. Yeah, I just pulled up a picture of this. This looks bomb. Halal snack pack? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So what it is, right? Little like takeaway container. Oh, what do you call them here? Fries? French fries? So like French fries. I call them. I call them hot chips. So they're like hot chips in first and then the kebab meat. So the kebab meat is like on a big massive skewer like this and they slice like long strips off of it. Yeah. So they do that. There's hot chips, French fries. Then the meat goes on top of that. And then they do cheese on top of that. And then because the meat's warm, obviously, that starts to melt a little bit. And then it's, you can get extras on top of that as well, but then it's like whatever sauce you want on top of that. And then you use a fork and you just like, oh my God, it's a lot, but it's, oh my God, it's so good. I'm now accepting taking French fries and calling them hot chips. Cause I feel like it's a much better name. Yeah. One of the, um, it was pretty funny, obviously with my girlfriend, Sky, there's a lot of cultural differences. I remember asking her to order like food for me or something and i was like oh can i get some chippies because i would call hot chips french fries chippies and you came back with like tortilla <laughs> chips and i was like 
very upset oh that's that's not the thing you wanted oh i can't imagine no all right well well this is great i love talking about food because i'm super hungry me too let's talk about fan questions this this is from uh edwin uh munoz hi edwin hello edwin uh so what are some of the differences you felt or seen when comparing the japanese audiences to the u.s audiences one of the biggest things is the Japanese audience are happy to sit there in silence, I think, and just... Which is weird. I know it seems weird, but when you get them rocking and when you start to hear them, like, chanting, there was, like, we had the IWGP tag title match with Bishamon in Rio Goku, which was crazy, and towards the end of the match, the crowd is chanting, Aussie Open, and it was, like, at that moment, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like when you finally get them going like that, I don't know. It's incredible. So yeah, the American crowd, I feel like is very much like yelling, shouting constantly, like you're a terrible person or I love you. Good job. (laughs) And then Japanese fans are like, they'll sit there and they'll watch them. The whole time they're being silent, they're like, intently watching though like the yeah it, it's interesting because i always talk to to fans who like discover japanese wrestling for the first time and they're like well why are they so silent because you know american wrestling kind of teaches you that silence is a bad thing but mm. if you're watching japanese wrestling it's like no silence is attention they are being attentive to this match and they are into it watching it yeah and so it's it's a very just from a viewer perspective it's it's very different imagining that in a ring is probably quite jarring as well yeah definitely jarring i think being able to be comfortable with that silence and getting to a point where you are comfortable with it is like, when you get that down, you, it's incredible. It's really cool to be in a ring in Japan. But then, yeah, America just as fun because you constantly have people yelling stuff at you and you can, <laughs> wrestling's fun in general. I don't want to pick sides. Well, Justin H uh, also sent in a question. Kyle says his favorite wrestler is Jushin Liger. Mm-hmm. How did you discover him and why is he your favorite? I remember I was, oh God, this is going to sound terrible. Don't try this at home, friends. I started backyard wrestling when I was, I think, 11-ish with like. God. Yeah, I know. So, very funny story about this quickly. So, where I live in Australia, a little like suburbia town, literally two streets across from me when I was a kid, I would see people on like mattresses or whatever in their front yard doing like Batista bombs and like stuff. And I was like a wrestling fan and I was watching it. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. One day I ended up getting like connected with them and they're like 18 years old. Like they're adult people and I'm 11 years old and I'm like, can I come and wrestle with you please? Oh no. Don't do that, friends. Strange danger is terrible. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I start, I start wrestling with these people. I swear it's coming back to Jushin Liger, I swear. So I start wrestling <laughs> with these people and then they're like, oh, because all I'd ever seen at that point was like WWE and they're like, introduce me to other wrestling and then like this one guy's like, oh, you should watch Jushin Liger. So that's how I got introduced to him. And then I immediately was like, I think it was the pageantry of him coming out with the big sparkly cape and the mask and the hair and the horns and everything and then him getting in the ring with all that and then doing crazy stuff and showtang people in the face and liger bombing people i was just yeah i think the pageantry was the thing that first got me then just seeing him go in the ring i was like oh this guy yeah sick yeah i mean the first time you see it you're just like man this guy's freaking crazy he's amazing yeah and then you see him wrestle it's like that <laughs> it's that presence hey like you just see 
him come out and you're just like immediately like glued to the screen. You're like, oh, my God, look at this larger than life, legit like comic book character. It's crazy. That's the thing that draws us all to wrestling, right? Is the craziness, the spectacle, mm-hmm. the emotion, and all of the crazy things that come with it and yeah. the feelings. And and I'm so happy you got to chat with us today and, and get to talk a little bit to our audience. And, yeah. And they get to know you. And I love that they've gotten to see you on TV more. They've gotten to see you, you know, pay-per-view, tag team, singles, all of these things. Kyle Fletcher is a wonderful person who's making big waves in the wrestling industry. And I'm so happy you're with us in the AEW family. Thanks, Aubrey. I'm very, very happy to be here. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Aubrey. And I can't wait to see what the future holds. Yes, you can follow Kyle Fletcher on Twitter and Instagram, Kyle Fletcher Pro. Make sure you also follow his tag partner, Mark Davis, Dunkzilla Davis. Love you, Davis. Love you, Davis. Can't wait to see you again soon. And you can follow this podcast, new episodes every Thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms, videos, Mondays, roughly. Just search AEW Unrestricted on YouTube. Dynamite, TBS, Wednesdays, Rampage, TNT, Fridays, Collision, live every Saturday night on TNT. I'm Aubrey Edwards, along with my wonderful co-host. Will Washington. Will Washington. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted.